welcome to 646. I'm Dawson McManus, and we've got Shy Pierre in the studio. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. All Thanks right. for asking. Thanks for coming, man. Um, if you don't mind, though, I am just going to turn this a little more towards you. All right. Just that way I don't have to do as much editing. So, Shy and I work together at Long McQuaid, and he is a phenomenal piano player, so I'm really stoked to have him here, because we might have a special treat for listeners at the end of the episode, and... Um, we will maybe leave that a surprise. <laughs> um, so, um, how long have you been playing piano for? Uh, I try to not think about it because mm-hmm. it's been such a long time. All right. But now that I'm teaching with my little guys, uh, I did start when I was about six or seven. Oh, wow. And I'm 43 now, so it's it's quite a few years. Considerably longer than you haven't been playing for. Yeah, yeah over whatever, 30, 35, 36, 36 years now. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. No wonder you're so fucking good then. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so, was piano the first choice instrument? It uh, was just a natural sort of thing. Mm-hmm. My parents, I started in piano lessons, but I also loved classical music when I was a okay. kid. My dad gave me lots of lots of music to listen to. And, uh, yeah, I fell in love with the piano kind of early mm-hmm. and right away. Nice. That's sweet. Um, was it a specific, do you remember like a specific song maybe that was the first one that really grabbed you and made you take notice? Or... There, I mean, there was, there were a couple of uh, of cassettes back in those days yeah, yeah. that my dad, yeah, bought for me, in which I listened to going to sleep. Uh, so yeah, a couple of specific recordings of uh, this one guy, Malcolm Bilson, who's a great piano player who played uh, uh, pianos that were of the period. He's a big period okay. instrument sort of guy. Okay. He thinks that like Beethoven and Mozart and those pieces should be played right. on the pianos that were made in those days because oh, they yeah. they make a specific sound and they're actually sure. I mean they also put out at a specific volume and like they're, they're written kind of he says that the difference between those and normal pianos is so great that, right. that to do written, it on something else would be wrong basically. yeah yeah well not wrong you know well each, yeah maybe not wrong, yes but but, but wrong yeah <laughs> So uh, we're just not up to his standard. Yeah, I guess. yes. Uh, so there were there were a few pieces there, uh, like on this one cassette, even uh, or a couple of them that I listened to so much. And right. even as a kid, I always dreamed. I mean, I in, I envisioned myself mm. playing these pieces. You know, wondering oh, yeah. it's like we're talking solo. You know, a couple of Beethoven sonatas, a couple of Mozart sonatas, and. Uh, I'm, I can almost play a couple of them now. <laughs> That's sweet. I'm pretty close. That's I'm nice. getting closer. Yeah. yeah. Nothing so like it's only taking that long. Though. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they're not even. I mean, they're hard, but they're not. As far as like piano repertoire, they're sure. not. They're not in in that zone. But again, this is this is where you get, uh, you know, different people with different. Uh, I guess objectives are, you know, in order sure. to do something like that, you have to dedicate yourself completely to kind of yeah. one study. And that's yeah. never been 
my thing. Again, I, I, I loved the classical, but then mm. early on as well, I was introduced to all this other piano music. There was a professor who lived down the street, and he had a he had a collection of cassettes. He had like actually a whole wall of them. Oh wow! He would he would he'd tape CBC. He would every time something was nice. good, on that was good, mm-hmm. he would tape it and and file it in the system in his system, which That's I awesome. destroyed. Like I I, I <laughs> lost half of his cassettes. Oh you know? But they I I remember them very clearly, and we're talking yeah. like uh, Fats Waller. Uh, Mead Lux Lewis, like piano blues, like the real early shit. Right, right. And when I heard that, I also lost my mind. I was like, yeah. this shit is the best. Yeah. The yeah. best. Fats Waller to this day is like my favorite music or my favorite musician, I think, ever. Not just musician, just artist. Like, wow. Just who he, like how he. How he is is just so incredible. He's so. Uh, first of all, he's just such he's such an incredible piano player. But it's for him, it's like effortless. Like you don't even realize it. It's like right. he's playing around. He's like, oh, and he's always cracking jokes. It's, it's like, so he's funny while being so deadly and being like right. light. Now, when you say he's cracking jokes, do you mean like he's playing something that would be amusing to listen to? His musically, musically funny, but right, but also just his verbally. his lyrics verbally, right? Okay, like, oh yeah, oh yes, baby, I know, yeah, like just crack, even muttering little things oh, under cool. his breath, like making fun of the own his own lyrics. You know, I'm lonely. oh, I'm so lonely, so lonely, baby. Mocking himself. (laughs) That's awesome. Incredible. I'm a little embarrassed. Fats Waller. Fats Waller. uh, Waller. King of Stride. Okay. Um. Again, a style. Also, Mm -hmm. that to play well. I mean, these guys were playing it. Yeah, it's a lifetime thing, and to this day, again, (laughs) just the other night, I was like. I can almost play this Fats Waller tune, right. you know, at half the speed. Right, right. Kind of. <laughs> oh, shit. But th- those, that particular style is, uh, it's so hard. Right. It you're you're, you're imitating a full band. Your left hand yeah. is is knocking out low notes with your pinky. You go yeah. dong. Yeah. And then you're jumping, and that's why it's called stride, because your left hand is always doing this. Oh, wow. So you're hitting the bass note, then you're jumping up and playing a full chord. Your left hand, so your oh, left wow. hand is... so you're not even walking octaves, you're... It, so, uh, tenths is the most common thing to be doing theirs. Oh, so they're going, bloom, 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 bing, bing, at breakneck speed. <sighs> we're talking like... Perfectly precise. Yeah, yeah. You can hear the the pinky going dum 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 dum. You can hear the chord going chunk like perfect timing. While of course the, the that's hand. the left hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Keeping up that speed and that Shit. precision. It's it's wild. It's wild. That's nuts. Yeah. Because really the only. I guess the only kind of stride stuff I know is when uh, Ray Charles would 
sort of dabble in that yep. style a little bit. Well, but I'm sure a, there's dudes that are like dedicated themselves just to that. They're probably just fucking insane. Ray Charles is kind of an anomaly, though. Yeah, really. His ability to play any style, any style. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to capture it and to master it, basically. Yeah, yeah. To, to be able to reproduce it. Yeah, yeah, and and like shit, not just on piano but vocally, and then yep. like he plays sax and he plays or played, I guess, a few other instruments too. I'm sure. There's, I was not aware. Never heard him play sax. There's a really awesome live um, live show. I can't remember. Damn, I can't remember what it is. But uh, if I find it, I'll, I'll shoot you the, a link to the video. Makes, it makes me think of Stevie. You oh, know, yeah. Most people don't know that he played Plays drums, everything. but yeah. played drums on all of those yeah. <laughs> major recordings. Yeah, yeah. There's, um, uh, there's a doc I saw. Uh, I saw a trailer for this documentary about Stevie Wonder and... Oh, what the hell is the name of that studio? I know what what you're talking about. A friend of mine told me all all about that documentary. Yeah, I just saw the trailer for it the other day, and now I'm all bummed out because I can't remember what it is. And I had, I was like almost on my way out the door when I saw the trailer for that. I was like, "Fuck, I want to watch find this." It. Yeah, You'll I'm sure it. I'll find it again. Oh, yeah. But but it looked so cool, and I I love those kind of documentaries. Like even for stuff that I don't play, like there's a great one on Netflix right now called The Drummer's Dream. Right. Have, you, have you seen that? I don't know. It's seen. pretty amazing. Like it made me. That's the actually after watching that, I went out and bought that drum kit that's in right. the jam space. I suck at the drums, but at, you know, I just was like, well, I wanted to have yeah, it. Yeah, I, I want to have it, and I want to be able to mess around a little bit. I yep. feel like if I can sort of at least kind of anything around sure. a little bit, it hopefully will make me a better all-around player. And it kind of absolutely. Thing, so. Why wouldn't it? Yeah. Right. Uh, Sorry, Stevie. <clears throat> well, just Stevie Wonder. Oh um, yeah. I keep coming across different things. I found a concert of his where he opens where he's playing guitar. Like it opens yeah. with him on stage, just doing the craziest thing in front of like, you know, a million people yeah. somewhere out in Europe at some crazy festival. And what a, what a, sh- a production that yeah. that was. But uh, just yesterday, I found, uh, I guess, some tribute they did to him. Recent, uh, a couple years ago. Where it's like Beyonce and all these guys. Oh, cool. It's songs in the key of life. I don't know if they do the. Oh. If they play the whole thing, but Beyonce opens it and oh, gee, Beyonce, man, she's oh, got pipes. Everything about whenever I see her, like a performance by her, I'm just, yeah. I'm just astounded. Like she just destroys. <laughs> it was so beautiful. Right. You know, uh, the moves, the the the, but. The singing is oh, yeah. so like just her singing is so incredible. Yeah, it's it's perfect basically. And, and then the showmanship on top of it is incredible. She's a wicked performer. Have you heard her newest record? I have not. It's pretty crazy. Um, she did a song from it at the CMAs, the Country Music Awards, with the Dixie Chicks. Right. And it was like her and the Dixie Chicks did it, and a friend of mine, uh, Ariel, showed it to me. I was like, holy crap. This is pretty crazy. And then she showed me a bunch of other stuff there. And there's one where she teamed up with Jack White for a tune. Right. And it's really cool. Really cool stuff. No doubt. And it's um, it's considerably less poppy than a lot of her older stuff. And it's a lot more like roots. And it's got some, some country elements. And it's got some rock and roll elements. And she's like swearing on some of the tracks. Like dropping F-bombs and right. stuff. And I was like, whoa, this is pretty, this is a vicious record. 
and it's really really good so if you're oh yeah if you're a fan of hers i would recommend looking that up for sure because it's really really good nice it's it's nasty nice so okay um seeing as you started so early uh, about what age did you decide that you wanted to start playing in bands and stuff and not just be a solo pianist it was also pretty early. I was pretty, pretty lucky having, <clears throat> you know, having started so young, and once, as soon as bands started happening, I was the, you know, if you're looking for a guy to play keys, I was the guy yeah. to come to. I was, yeah, yeah. I could already play two pieces that impressed people, you know, right. and so, you know, I had my go-tos. I think it was, uh, like, even, like, The Entertainer or something nice. like that, yeah, you know, yeah, people yeah. like, but if you can pull that off, then yeah. that's all I need. You know, it's like one one song. Yeah. Uh, so I was like th- thirteen. We we we, yeah. had, we had a band at thirteen. Nice. And in those days, they had those battle of the bands things happening, yeah. and we were ultra. We were the youngest. Yeah, there's always like the young, the super young guys. Yeah. In yeah. there, so that was my first experience. So I was like, yeah, like thirteen. Nice. And you get to play at the at the uh, the concert hall. Yeah. So the the, the what is that? the Masonic Temple? You know that on Young Street. I don't know. Right. When they stopped so doing that sort of. Sorry. In Toronto. In Toronto. In Toronto. Oh, sorry. Oh, Young. Oh. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I don't know why I for some reason I got Young and George. Oh, screw All up. right. Yeah. Well, in uh, it's it's it is a historic. Uh, a, venue right um, like a couple thousand capacity that's a, a pretty wow, big a big it joint was a pretty and like fishbone oh, i used to saw fishbone. all kinds of great bands right on. There over the years like just it was, it's, it's a great little concert hall yeah. uh, so the full experience man you know like yeah. a stage yeah the smoke the lights and like that's hundreds cool. of people and rocking a whole bunch of rock and roll bands, you know, they were all older, and we were just freaked out to be in, yeah, in there, sure. you know. This, this was a battle of the bands. Yeah, thirteen man. It was it was done quite, you know. They were they were done well. It was a big deal. Wow. It was a pretty big deal back then. Because they've kind of that's too bad. Because by the time I I was fourteen at my first battle of the bands, um, we were the young kids too. But it was at, it was held at PCVS. Yep. Uh, the old PC, because now the arts program has moved to TAS. But um, there was like maybe 40 or 50 people there. Oh, funny. really? Yeah, it was, really? it was pretty small. And and most of the other people, most of the other bands were considerably older than us, at least five years. And um, we we stunk, so it's no wonder we didn't win. But um, <laughs> but we were the young kids, which was kind of fun. It, it was all based on uh, ticket, ticket sales, sales. Yeah. because and, yeah, there was promoters. It was people that were they, they were they were yeah. actually making money yeah. off of this, and we were not. And that's, for sure, yeah, like, oh, another good kid. That's yeah, that's what it is. Yep. <laughs> but because we we were the youngest, we had a lot of friends, and we were eager. We actually sold a lot of things. I don't think we won the first one, but we did win. We did win. I remember winning it a couple times in a couple different bands. Nice. Uh, yeah. So started playing with band, and so first band was like thirteen, but then right. you know, then the sixteen-year-olds would ask me to play in their band. Sure. You know? So I was, I was always the young, the young guy. Yep. 
Yeah. It's kind of funny not being the young guy anymore. It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's still funny to me, you know? Because yeah. for so long, I mean, it was so long, I was the young guy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, those early days, I was like the 13-year-old playing the 15, but then once I was 16, I started playing the blues, and I... Mm-hmm. I could grow myself a little beard. <laughs> I was actually pretty, pretty hairy little kid. So, yeah, so, so I, I had no trouble. Then it was also Grossman's. This is back in the day. Like Grossman's, this blues bar where they had jams almost every night of the week. Right. People were smoking weed. Like in the bar. In the bar. That's awesome. It was. It was awesome. They were really magical days, and and so many. Uh, so many jammers, the whole jam scene, the blues thing was kind of still somewhat happening then. Yeah, yeah. And I was like 16 when I started hanging out there, and I hung out there for many years, but it was always me playing in bands with like guys that were like, you know, 50 or yeah, whatever, sure. like the, the real thing. It was nice that they let me play with them because thinking back now it's like I must have been pretty you know like I thought I was alright then and they thought I was alright too but <laughs> you know well, yeah. now well, I'm you... starting to get like now I can see the difference between between that ever however more clearly you know yeah. the difference between an experienced musician and, and, and you know and not yeah yeah for sure but yeah. I, I I think it's so important to have people like that because I, I was a young player too for a long time um it's it's starting to be less and less that way which is a little weird but um for a long time i was the little kid i was like 16 17 playing with like 40 year olds 50 year olds and stuff like that and just having people willing to let me figure it out with you know and some guidance and a little bit of tutelage and stuff like that but for the most part it was just almost trial by fire and you know they they're sort of there as a safety net and they're like okay let's rein it back in you know and they just or they try <laughs> they try to and you're like no look at how fast i can play it's like that's super out of time and you're hitting all kinds of terrible notes get it together young punk yeah. and, totally out of place oh yeah and they're like why the fuck are you trying to tap in a slow blues you piece of shit and you're like i'm sorry but, but it's, I don't understand. Yeah, no, because you don't. You don't. You don't have the context, right? And and also, just I think, just too much feeling, like, or at least for me, I felt like I had a lot to prove because sure. I was the little kid, right? For sure, I can keep up. Watch this, right? Uh, but having people that are older and and willing to let you, you know, sort of fuck around a little sure. bit, and and having that guidance is really important. I know it helped me a lot, so. For sure, mm-hmm. it's it's, and it's part of how how things, how things happen. You know, it's the whole yeah. the whole life of things. You know, because when you're getting older too, it's also important to have uh, enthusiasm around. Oh, yeah. You know, like yeah, that's yeah. what older people love to have younger people yeah. play with them because, first of all, they're asking for less money. Yeah, <laughs> and they're ready to they're ready to work harder. They're not yeah. as bitter, and and there's you know enthusiasm. You can't put a price on that. Yeah. You know, like it's just being it's really cute. Yeah. yeah, You show up right. to a gig, you know, and everybody else is like, "Oh, great!" You know, here we are loading the gear, and the kids like, "Yay!" Yeah, you know, like yeah. I can't believe we're in a bar. <laughs> yeah, well, I re- fuck yeah, because I, I would have been about fifteen, I think, the first time I played in the bar, and uh, we had to wait outside on our breaks. Because we weren't allowed to be in there. Right. Um, and just 
I didn't care. It was January, freezing my balls off in the car on brakes. It's like, all right, time to cut, get back on stage. And just, yeah, let's do it. You know, and that was so, yeah, I totally, I totally get that. That's fine. That's all. Sorry, I keep interrupting. Go ahead. Oh, no. I... Uh, but uh, <laughs> it just makes me think about when I was little and doing it. It's things. It has changed a little, though. I, uh, I'm sure for you, too, like, do you, you probably have, like, old recordings and stuff of... Some, most of it's, most of it, over the years, you know, I, it's hard holding on, yeah. holding on to things. I did a lot of, a lot of moving around. Yeah. Yeah, that'll um, do it. So for a bunch of years, I had some archives and stuff, but right. it's amazing how, how, how many of them were destroyed or lost. Oh, Everything right. else, like you got a hard drive or something, hard drive yeah. dies. Yeah, right, gone. Yeah, uh, had uh, a whole bag full of uh, recordings and stuff like that stolen. You know, oh. again, like yeah, oh, that's that weird. Shouldn't well, not really. It was like everything was stolen. They probably oh. just trashed it somewhere but it was it was taken with um, computers and stuff that sucks it happens yeah uh, and then other stuff i just don't i don't even know where where it is every now and then a box mm-hmm. turns up randomly and then there's you know some things turn up but no i don't i don't really have that many huh. old recordings there's a lot of again a lot of stuff that i carried around mm-hmm. for many years and I, I don't know where it is all i really have i've got a bunch i've got lots of writing like i got right. like Got a writing that goes back to when I'm 13, but not, wow. not too many recordings. Huh. And every now and then something will turn up, you know, like an old, an old video or something. Yeah. Those are fun. Eh? Yeah. You watch it for about like 30, 40 seconds, and you're like, oh god, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. It's yeah. good though. It shows yeah. growth. If if at least for me watching old video or listening to old recordings and stuff i find that if it's painful to listen to it it probably means i've gotten considerably better, better since then. a lot better so, yeah so you listen to you go oh god oh, i can't believe, believe i did, I did that, that in yeah. front of people yeah. like if on it, if, a recording yeah, yeah. if nobody was around then whatever but like good lord I recorded that shit and in public. Like, <laughs> this is a video of a show. It's like, oh, terrible. <laughs> yes and no. I don't quite feel that because you see all these other people that are out these days. I mean, every night, sure. all you got to do is go see somebody else and see how horrible they are. And you're like, yeah. I can't believe they're out there doing this. Well, it's because yeah. that's the stage of development uh, that they of that course. they are in. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean the whole the whole industry, the whole live music thing, has changed, yeah, a lot, a lot, yeah, a lot. So, and uh, yeah, I got to see I got to see that happen yeah. over over my time. Yeah, I was gonna know? say you would have been in it. Like, yep, yep. Shit, you're like fifteen. Yeah, about fifteen years older than me. Right. So, um, yeah, you would have been. By the time I was. Starting to stink in high school bands. You were, you were, right. you were a grown up. I was playing up. Yeah, I was playing, doing some touring. Yeah. Maybe. When did you When did you start touring? I guess it would have been. I I played with tons of other bands beforehand, but it wasn't until I was in the Weber Brothers that oh, okay. uh, that I really did any any touring. So it would have been, you know, 
10 years, 10 years or something ago, like nice. 12 years ago, right. 2002, I think yeah. it was around when we started doing our first little, little tours. Nice. Yeah. So when did you, okay, because you said you were born in Toronto, when yep. did you, when did you make it? It would have been around, around then as well, like I basically, I moved to Peterborough, it was just going to be for a summer, and it was around 2000, 2001, something like that. Oh wow, okay, so that would have. That's pretty wild because one of the first times I ever saw you play was actually at the Red Dog, and um, <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be there because I was like fifteen, I wow. think, and I, I snuck in with some buddies, and it was I'm pretty sure it was you and the Webs. Um, it probably would have been about two thousand one ish. Yep. And just I remember just being fucking floored by it, and uh, that really stuck with me. And it's so funny because. Um, for the longest time, I didn't even know your name was Shy. Right. Like, it was just, it was Cookie. cookie. It was, yeah. It was Cookie. <laughs> Which, how did, sorry to jump around so much, but no, how did Cookie come do. about? Uh, I needed a nickname. That's basically <laughs> how, how it was. Uh, and that was it. Ryan decided he needed a nickname, and I think I tried it. There were a couple that were tried on. Yeah. And that one just, <laughs> just Just cause? It just <laughs> Totally. Totally. Well, it was like he was like you know piano players. Every piano player has got nickname. It was like Fats, this Fats, Domino, that, or right. you know um, Earl Fingers, this or whatever. Like pop, you know all these different little nicknames. So it's like sure. you need one, <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically that's that's it. And Cookie just kind of materialized. It that materialized and 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 worked. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty wild. And it's been like. What, 14 years of, of cookie? A lot of people, yeah. That's wild. A lot of people know me only as that. That's so funny. <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. Do you prefer the nickname or do you prefer Shy? Doesn't matter. Doesn't really matter. They're both yeah. good names. Yeah. They're both yeah. good names. Yeah. And they work well together, too. For sure. Shy Cookie Pooh. <laughs> it that's, works. It's that's so funny. That's what I I don't know why I expected an elaborate backstory on the nickname, but it's just everybody like, does, yeah. and that's kind of yeah. that's kind of so, how it goes. That's it. That's and funny. I see, I'm not that big on I'm just not that big on the stories. It was always really interesting, you know. Again, being in the webs and mm. uh, for them, it is about the story. Like that's mm. kind of what it's about, and also even like meeting people and stuff like that. It's like, I have a different, I guess, list of kind of things that are kind of important to me you know like for me the people that have influenced me more are people that other people don't really know about and again like even right. my teacher that I'm studying with now it's like yeah only people in closed sort of piano circles even know who the guy is he's not right. famous right right but to me he's just a monster meeting player. meeting him and getting to hang with him is like is more important to me personally than you know I don't know, meeting somebody famous like I right. did, you know? Because yeah. I'm actually getting well, real, yeah. real knowledge as opposed to... For sure, instead of just a story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that makes sense, though. Yeah, that, sure. You know, it's something you can legitimately take with you. And, I mean, stories are great, for sure. Like and they're what they're what it's there, and it, it's people like people like stories. It's of what course, you know, of course. Looking, and I I have no shortage of stories. Oh that yeah, too. that that doesn't over the me. years. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of. So I moved to Peterborough, and I met I met the Webers almost right away. Right. And they were they were young. It was. 
it was all pretty fortuitous the the timing of things uh as like right when i met them they were like we were going to be recording our first album like nice in the next couple weeks oh wow you know and they invited me to to record with them so we got to work right away yeah uh and we had that pressure also. There was always pressure. It was always like, sure. got to work hard all the time. Yeah, yeah. And we did. And we did. Oh, sweet. So yeah, I met them right away. And then we just, we started, we did that recording. Mm-hmm. And we were playing. We, we had, I mean, we had, I think, three gigs, <laughs> three regular gigs a week at the dog. It was like, right. there was the Sunday jam. There was the Wednesday jam. I think there were two jams, like Tuesday and Wednesday or... And then we were, we'd play with uh, Jericho's Wall often on Saturday. Right, right. So we were there. We played. We were literally in there four days a week. Yeah. Playing every night. They were living there. And then it's just gig, gig, gig. I remember those those schedules. Yeah. Was were like. Uh, you know, a weekend with two double gigs was not un, was not. For sure. Even that rare yeah you know, there were three gig days mm-hmm. and then we started getting out of town and that was a whole other learning experience in yeah. itself yeah touring especially the first one is always kind of a mixed bag i found anyway for me the, the first tour was definitely strange it was good but strange very strange yeah it's a whole different <laughs> world right <laughs> and then as time goes on you get more i mean you get better at being in the in that world mm-hmm. for sure uh and as you get better being in that world you get kind of removed from the other yeah. Yeah. you know and as time goes on that just intensifies mm-hmm. again depending it, you see people that that figure out how to do it you know where you have mm-hmm. some sort of balance mm-hmm. well, that also takes takes a while yeah uh and the numbers also have to be there right like you mean financially yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. we and we were touring out of like necessity <laughs> you know yeah. uh so we, we we would we do two two to three a year mm-hmm. which is also it's crazy That's, yeah. <laughs> it's just nuts yeah it's quite a bit how many um how many days or weeks would you usually go for? I mean, when we would drive across, when we'd do like going out west or something like that, it was right. always, you know, six weeks, that yeah. sort of length, yeah, length yeah. of time. Yeah. That's, I guess, kind of standard for that distance, right? Yeah. If you're going from like central to west coast or yeah. central to east coast. Yeah. Yeah. Those are weird too, eh? The first time you're going for that amount that stretch of time is especially at least for me the first time i went was figuring out the nutrition thing right that took a little bit of adjustment because you know that first like week or so you're content eating fast food and garbage and then you start feeling like shit it's like oh my god we gotta go to a fucking grocery store (laughs) i'm buying nothing but fruit and spinach and broccoli so that's all you eat for another week. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah, it's... I I don't mind touring, though, in a way. Like, it's... Because it's cool 
to see other places, although you don't really get to see a whole lot of it, which I think is kind of maybe a common misconception that a lot of non-touring <laughs> yeah. people have. They're like, oh, wow, you've been to all yeah, these. Yeah, so like, you're in Paris. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, I saw it for about 20 minutes. Yeah. I know. drove to the bar. Yeah. And then I... Like I did here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> then I played the show, then I drove back to my hotel room, very much the same way as if I was playing in Peterborough, I would have driven to the bar, played, then driven home. You know? I tried, to, I tried my best to sleep on the plane. Or on the bus or whatever your yeah. mode of transportation happens to be. And there's like two seconds you'd be like, wow, look at that. Oh, there it goes. Right? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Always passing the, 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 yeah. the touristy thing. Yeah, right? And you're like, guys, can we stop? No. Oh, do- no, we can't. We have to be there in 14 <laughs> hours? All right, never mind. Just keep going. Yep. It's my turn to drive? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good, though. Um, Touring has its... Uh, infinite rewards yeah that most of them again can't be really uh they're they're very personal right like they can't really be appreciated it's like it's the little things it's strangers being really warm you know it's that tends to be what it is it's like people you know you being out in the middle of nowhere and somebody actually making you feel at home yeah um somebody offering you a place to sleep like yeah like a really nice place to sleep (laughs) or a really nice meal you know or a place to just relax and unwind that's always really nice yeah um funny people in different places that 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 speak in funny ways and you know and eat funny food and you know and being places that you know, it's 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 wild. It's a, it is it's a wild adventure. Yeah, it is really cool. And it's it's neat to see too that in a lot of places, most people really are pretty much the same as well, which is kind of cool. It's pretty eye opening. I yeah. found anyway. To um, most of, <clears throat> pardon me, most of my touring is, you know, like between uh, Ontario, Quebec, and uh, a little bit out towards like Winnipeg and shit like yeah. that. Um, but then I also did, I did a pretty big stretch in the States, uh, and especially fairly far Southwest, like in California and shit like that. And I don't know why I assumed that people in the U S would be so different than a lot of Canadians, mm-hmm. but they're not, not really yep. most of them anyway. Yep. And I, I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Well, they're pretty similar here. It would probably stand to reason that like in other countries as well, that there wouldn't be that yep. much of a divide between what people are concerned about and what people laugh at. And everybody pretty well loves a good fart joke. You know, it's like, it's, yep. so it's, it's nice, you know, and people like hamburgers there as much as we do here, <laughs> you know, they call it back bacon. There, though. That was, yeah, that was the right. one kind of funny difference. Like back bacon, meal. They're like, what the fuck is meal? What's Back or anything, bacon, you know? Yeah, yeah it's... I'd like uh, I'd like some scrapple with my breakfast, please. Oh, honey! Oh, come on over here now. You gotta hear this guy say this. This is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good sign. They can be frustrating too, though, when you kind of, or at least I thought anyway, when I was feeling like I'm ready to go home, yeah, and oh. you still got. Like another couple another weeks. month, yeah, like, another life. Yeah, like okay. And like anything, if you get if you get trapped in it, and if yeah. there's no um, 
and growth. Uh, any number of things that one sure. needs to. Uh, I'm finding that being one of the big ones in life really is is just having next steps, next projects, yeah. working, working towards other things. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, helps you endure whatever it is that's that's going on yeah. while you're while you're doing it, as yeah. opposed to not having those. Yeah, well, I, 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 I completely understand what you're talking about because otherwise, at least for me, is I'm sure it's the same thing for you. If you're not working on that next thing, it feels like you're in the state of arrested development, and it's kind of disheartening. And you get or even seeing, you know, <clears throat> looking forward and seeing what the next step might mm. might be. You know, for sure, for sure. Often you can get you can get into a situation where you do you just feel trapped and you don't you don't see. Yeah. What, what might be around the corner kind of thing. For sure. Yeah. Although it's kind of neat sometimes, though, if all of a sudden just out of nowhere, this opportunity kind of comes along and you didn't even necessarily realize you'd been preparing for it. Yep. And then all of a sudden you're in the right place at the right time and you happen to have the right amount of prep done. <laughs> You're like, wow, that was pretty lucky that I was ready for that. Otherwise, I could have missed this thing. Mm-hmm. So that kind of shit's pretty cool too. Um, which I, I like that saying about luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Because I, I, I really do believe that. Because if, you know, lucky people wouldn't have been lucky if they weren't ready. Yep. You know, it would have the opportunity would have passed them by. And yep. Then, you know, unfortunately, sometimes people get kind of jaded by that. And they're like, oh, that dude has all the luck. It's like, well, yes and no. A lot of talent and a lot of hard work that you don't see and don't can't appreciate. You cannot appreciate. It's like when people complain about this is in quotes for anybody that can't. Obviously, you can't see what I'm doing. It's audio. Um, But how, how much musicians get paid. It's like, <laughs> you only play for, what, you work for three hours and you get a couple hundred bucks? It's That's like, pretty good. It's like, well, there's a, there's, there's a whole lifetime of preparation that you didn't see and then all the gear packing and all that travel and time and all that kind of stuff that nobody really sees us do, which, um, I mean, in some ways, I, it's good to kind of have that mystique because I guess if everybody knew that, you know, we have to work just as much as anybody else to be good at anything, then the uh, maybe the wow factor wouldn't be so high when we're on a stage somewhere. That's a but, very. It's always been a strange but, thing to me. Yeah. Again, whenever anybody says, "Oh, you, you know, you're so talented," it is there. It's <laughs> there. There is uh, an element of insult in there because yep. it's it's. Double-edged. It's the the idea that you were just born with with this ability. Ability, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's, it's you're not. so lucky that you know that you're able to play this way. Yeah. You know, and then you're lucky that you're able to do this fun thing where you get to perform for people. Like, isn't that? Yeah. How you know, fortunate. Envious, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you like, know, well, I wish I could do that. Like, no, you don't. Uh, I mean, you you, you think, think you, you do. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like, I'm, I'm, I am convinced that you believe that right now. But I'll tell you, man, you know, go back and prep oh, for like 20 again, years. As far as the, the image thing. There's different times, though, too. I don't know how. I can't imagine. I try to imagine, you know, in the 70s with all the opportunity and with all the gigs mm-hmm. and all the stuff going on. Yeah. Again, like how much, how good people, people would, how do you get to be that good? That young, they're just playing all the time. Yeah, well, I guess just putting out that the, stuff that was so good. Yeah, so young. Well, I would imagine still blows it's, my mind. Yeah, I would all imagine it. it's the combination though of like just wanting all it that it. badly, right? And then also there's there's so many distractions now, which I mean I guess they were probably saying the same thing back then. Fuck yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the the thing that really floors me about that older stuff is that there was no hiding behind punch-ins or pitch correction or you know time expanders or any of that kind of stuff yep. where it's like quote-unquote studio magic which it really is becoming a reality nowadays like um i'm demoing a bunch of stuff uh for that solo record that i was telling yep. you about and everything on those demos it's all me that shit wasn't possible, you know, back in the 60s and 70s. I mean, it started to get more possible. I guess, well, no, because uh, Ray Charles did the uh, the multi-tracking for vocals on, um, what song was that, when he fired his backup singers? Because they were being oh, yeah. shitty. Um, Somewhere in the 60s. Yeah, so I guess it started to become a thing, but it was way more labor-intensive. Like, he was, you know, spending studio money or label money i guess and um and a a lot of hours and stuff like that but i mean my studio's in my fucking basement and it's you know i i feel like it's a lot of money that i've spent but compared to what you know they would have been doing for all that analog gear it's it's a fraction of the cost and 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 how fast you can work nowadays is insane so to think that not only did these players back then have to rehearse like crazy because demoing tracks back then was pretty labor intensive yep. even and now it's like well i'll just send these via email to my friends so that they've got like a pretty good idea of what i'm looking for and then we can come in and rehearse for a day and then lay the track down and then that song's done you know it's like that's fucking crazy to think how easy we have it now yep which is i mean it's I'm glad, in a way, in a way, because at the same time... It's, it's exciting. It's it is. wonderful to have yeah, yeah. The, the gear, the sounds. It's uh, it's amazing to be able right. to, and the, the freedom to be able to record. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. It is very, very cool. Well, and you, you had said, too, before we started recording, you have the same audio interface that I do. Uh, I assume you've been playing with it quite a bit since he got it it's amazing it's lovely to have everything plugged in right at you know at the same time um and to know that if i want to record some drums so i can do that yeah and for so cheap to have such yeah. a good uh good system it's it's incredible yeah the whole thing's fucking amazing yeah and the digital idea too that in a sense you have unlimited capacity 
right? You're not buying tape. Yeah. You know, you're not taking up mounds and mounds of space with all this massive analog hardware. Like, I mean, you've got, you have the exact same interface I do. If you wake up in the middle of the night with a song idea. I can, you, rec- can, you can record anything. Yeah. I'm recording everything just, at all times. Yeah. And there's none of that, like, oh, how did that, how did that riff go? You know, yep. it's like maybe for a couple of seconds, how'd that riff go? Listen to it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's how that really awesome thing went that maybe even just 10 years ago would have totally vanished because I'd forgotten what the rhythm was. The tools are amazing. Yeah. And over time, <clears throat> one can be distracted by those as well. And you have to learn how to find, find the balance. You know, we're not just for spending sure. all the time with the tweaking and messing with the plugins and oh. loving all the new programs and yeah. you know, always reinstalling and updating and like all these things take yeah, for sure. so much time. Yeah. It's, it, it took me, it's taken years to get to the point where I've even got stuff working, you know, to yeah. the point where, you know, where the latency isn't an issue. It's like, you right. can just record and, and do some tracks and learn to not, not be, uh, getting distracted, you know, yeah. learn to, focus <laughs> yeah right instead of just Still checking out all the it. different sounds and yeah. stuff. Uh, so then you've been working at like home recording for a little while then like pre uh focus right like before you got the scarlet you had I, other interfaces I, before I was, that i was performing with my computer like 10 years ago like oh, I, shit. I brought out my computer as my like my sound generator, it was ridiculous, but you know, it's kind of cool. Though. It's kind of cool. It's also totally crazy. But for years, I I would I would set up my laptop. So everything was like MIDI control. MIDI. That's cool, though. It's cool for me. It was more about uh, cost effectiveness. Sure. Because to get any decent keyboard to like, for instance, even just to make a good Hammond sound, right, is like two grand. Yeah. Right, so I had a computer yeah. and I found that first it was the native instruments, the B four. Yeah. I actually bought the thing. Yeah. And that thing just blew my mind. I'm like, the sound of this is the equivalent of a keyboard that's gonna cost me two and a half grand that I don't have. Yeah, for know? sure. And I like the way this sounds, so I'm gonna set this up on stage every night. <laughs> that is so wild. That was hilarious. I had a a set of MIDI draw bars oh, that really? I would, that I signed to the thing and mm-hmm. and I had a little trackball so like I had my my key so I wouldn't have to use my mouse yeah, yeah. but I actually had the tower I couldn't you know laptops weren't weren't that yeah, powerful then. Yeah, yeah. so I had the desktop with the screen and all these fucking cables and Jesus. <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> totally like nuts. that's awesome yeah that's like... awesome but also Holy you know shit. every now and then it would uh, yeah. you know it would crash and it would take like five minutes to reboot and oh, shit fuck. like that. <laughs> Oh, just the like, joys of playing totally, live. But it was, but it was, you know, it was surprisingly, you know, it worked. Like ninety-six yeah, percent yeah. of the time, it it That's worked. Damn good for a computer. Damn straight. You know, and you so you, again, you learn early on how to you, know, you get things working. Yeah. And then you don't fuck with it. You don't update. You don't install anything new it's like you leave it like my computer now has never been it's never been on the internet i don't i don't i do not if i'm downloading anything it's on my phone and then i transfer it to the computer right like i don't 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's not a it, bad idea, though. It's safe, right? That, I don't want any extra bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't have to worry about malware, adware, or viruses, so, or any of that kind of nonsense. You know, I've been into the <clears throat> the computer MIDI recording thing for so long, it's always... Uh, really mind-blowing to see the the evolution of that you know to the point of today you know where some of these these plugins with these massive 10 you know 50 gigabyte libraries of and the sampling you know you got like strings where every articulation is sampled and you can assign it to all the different knobs so you're playing a string part and you decide to go Marcato on this part and a little sforzanzo right. here and you're going ding 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 da you know and it's all yeah. the sample of a Stradivarius in the fucking yeah. Berlin Philharmonic you know you're like your ears are just sucking in this sound it's just un- mm. unbelievable that yeah. I'm able to produce these sounds and my keyboard as well it's just like it's yeah, it's yeah. it's beyond once I get talking about it, I just can't. I can't believe how fucking awesome it right? is. It's like Star My Trek. Totally future crazy yeah. shit. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. You know what else is really fucking cool is that mini controller at the store. That that black keyboard that you can actually use like that's, vibrato, right? Like just by wiggling your finger on the key. That's that's like, cool. That shocked so, the shit so, out of me. So many mini. I'm surprised that mini controllers have not. Uh, taken all these different forms because they were ta- also talking about that many years because that thing also cost like two grand. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it shouldn't. Today, no, you, you like, should be able yeah. to get that for like a hundred a hundred bucks or something. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's it's an amazing little thing. It's stupid it's, little thing. Like there's, <laughs> they, had a, they had a demo video of that thing. Being, I can't remember the fellow's name that was playing it, but he played... Um, I'm almost positive it was Little Wing by Hendrix. And it sounded like a fucking guitar. Right. It, I, he was doing the whole thing. My yeah. chin was on the floor. I couldn't wow. believe it. And like, and this is just... I wasn't even in the room. It's just a video. Right. And I was shocked. It, like, and like I was saying the other day when you showed me that uh, they might be giants. Right. Not, it's not often. Not it's often not often that I get that... I had another one like shocked. that with seeing uh, this. There's a guy that's called Finger Wayne's or whatever, and he's like a a master of finger drumming, uh, meaning uh, like all of those drum pad things that they have these right, days. Right, there's, right. there's a couple different ones, mm. but kind of like Future Man, you know? Right. Like, you yeah. know, you develop it's a whole fucking technique. Yeah. Where, I mean. Future Man was an incredible drummer on his own. So like, yeah. but transferring that to just pads. Yeah. So this guy, you know, you do you close your eyes and it's like it's just a good drummer sitting behind a kit, yeah. doing drummer things. Right. Doesn't sound. There's no indication, even to a trained ear, that this is some guy with a little pad doing it all on his fingers. Like, wow, wild. What did you say his name was? Finger. I can look it up. Finger Wayne's or something. He's right. got that's his fingers is his little nickname in between there. All right. It gives lessons and shit like that. But yeah, I'd like to see that because that sounds pretty cool. Just 
just a drummer behind a kid being yeah. awesome. But perfect, perfect. Boom, 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 you know? Yeah, all with his fingers. That's yeah, wild. Totally. That's super I mean, cool. Future Man. Yeah. He's wow. been doing it forever. But all been, you, yeah. you just listen to that. Like, that drumming is fucking crazy. And it is. Yeah. It's just him on this little pad. It's wild. Yeah. And he's got the, the big, the big long one, too, that almost looks like a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I remember so the first time I saw. Drum solos, taking drum solos, right? Playing with this incredible band, yeah. performing the whole drummer's role. Yeah, yeah. The first time I saw those guys, like, or well, Future Man and uh, Victor Wooten was with them, and um, oh, was who, it that sax guy? Yeah, yeah. And oh, I wish I could remember everybody else's name, but it was pretty altering to see that and go, uh what okay there i have to think about things very differently now because <laughs> level this of is, ability yeah that was really shocking at like 17 because so i didn't know that shit existed which then of course leads down the crazy rabbit hole of like to me the like top end virtuoso players that i was aware of at that time were cats like satriani and vi which yep. still incredible players but then you start finding dudes like Bella Fleck and and Victor Wooten and and all these other uh, Joshko Stefan. I don't know if you're familiar with with him or not. He's a guitarist. Uh, he's like a gypsy jazz guy. Right. Or uh, Tommy Emmanuel and those cats. Yeah. You're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like whoa. It's very very. All the different genres. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's again. I love all that shit. All the <sighs> bluegrass guys. You know. Then you yeah. Get like, then you get all the guys that are that are yeah the traditional bluegrass guys that are also just ridiculously dead. you know your Grisman and and Earl Scruggs and cats yeah, like Scruggs that Scruggs and Tony Rice and, yeah. and surprisingly enough some and I didn't know this for a long time but Steve Martin the fucking stand-up comedian no he's, 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 he's really a good. railing banjo yep, player he's great that shocked the shit out of me yep. when I it's really really that great. was like probably like eight or nine years ago when yeah. I finally found out, but yeah. still, it's like, what the... Yeah. I yeah. thought you were just a wild and crazy guy. <laughs> and here he is, just like shredding up some bluegrass. I was yeah. like, whoa. Quite, quite good. Okay, quite good. that's quite surprising. Very yeah, very cool stuff. Um, So, that's cool. I didn't know that you were so into the electronic side of things as well, which kind of makes sense, though, looking at your lesson room. <laughs> now that I think about it, it really does make sense because you you have like a rhythm studies video game for your students, I do. It, which it goes really well. And I I'm still trying to incorporate more. I'm having some uh, technical issues as always, yeah. but being able to uh, to play things and have them be notated, right? You know that whole notation side of things is yeah. is what I'm still getting into and orchestration and all that shit. I mean I. Mm. That is kind of my, as far as roots, you know, my roots are like electro-synthesizer shit too, like Tomita and Wendy Carlos and all that stuff. Like that's the, because I always loved classical music, Mm. but I also loved the electric classical music, like, you know, fusion sort of thing. Okay. I'm not super well versed with that kind of stuff but like as soon as synthesizers came out you know one of the first things oh Oh, no (laughs) 
I apologize. What happens? I will turn the volume off on my phone. That that's embarrassing. That's the first time that's happened. Um, Edit. Cut. <laughs> yeah. Mm, uh, I'm just gonna send a message saying I'm busy. Sorry, sorry, that won't happen again. When synthesizers came in, <laughs> one of the first things that they did was, uh, you know, play Bach and play stuff really? like that on on them. You know, just because such good music and somehow just really works. It really fits. That's cool. That's very cool. Um, and there's one guy in particular, this Japanese dude, Tomita. Tomita. Okay. And his whole thing was doing orchestration, like synthesized orchestrations. That's really cool. But we're talking way back. We're talking like 1970, I think, or, you know, oh, was wow. when he was putting so out really, like an album really where it's early. like, yeah, an album like The Planets. Where he would oh, take, shit. take the planets and all multi track this is and this is in the days of tape. Yeah. In the days of modular synthesizers. You know, he had like a warehouse of patch cables and all these different things and he would make all these different sounds. Hmm. You know, a bass sound would be this layers of moogs doing weird things and instead of strings it was like lush, you know modular synthesis and huh. these orchestrations are just incredible incredible like what a again what a concept it's like it's so future yeah. futuristic but the sounds are so fucking wild too yeah. yeah something you might get a kick out of if you're into like really early synthesizers and this is something I just learned about the other day was I want to say it was back in the 20s in New York one of the very first basically synthesizers because it's synthesized orchestras um, it was this massive like warehouse and they actually eventually they condensed the idea with these like spinning plates and uh, gigantic electromagnets which eventually are what became like pickups for guitars and stuff like that um, I, I want to say it was like tele, tele oh. Teleharmonia, I think is what it was called. And it was also, not only was it the first basically synthesizer, but it was also the original streaming service that you would call up your operator and tell them you wanted to be connected to this thing. And there was this giant warehouse, basically, where two organists had to play to basically recreate symphonies and stuff like that. And And you had this cone attachment that you would put on the like the old timey earpiece for your phone that would project it like a gram it would project it like a gramophone out into your living room, basically. And um they eventually they had to abandon it because it was so expensive and there was like uh crosstalk from other conversations on other phone lines and stuff like that that could bleed into it. So the the concept way um outweighed the technology that they had to support yeah. it. But they took the idea of these spinning plates and stuff, and that's what they used to get that that crazy organ sound for the Hammonds. Right. And um, tone wheel. All tone, tone wheel. Yeah, 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 yeah. But these things were like enormous. It took up a whole factory. Right. And I'll I'll see if I can find 
the uh, the thing that I was watching on it, um, cool. and I'll, I'll, I'll send it over Sounds to you, because cool. it's, it's pretty wild. It's like, I was shocked, because it was like, holy shit, the synthesizer, like, legitimately a synthesizer, in the, I guess, the truest sense of the word, yep. and streaming service were like... Right. At the, it was the same machine, <laughs> and in the 20s, like, it blew my mind. It was really, really cool. I, I'm almost positive it's, it's called Teleharmonia, but if I'm if I'm mistaken, I'll... I'll find out for sure. Cool and I'll, shit. I'll let you know because it's really very, very, very cool. I think anyway, but I like that nerdy shit. <laughs> uh, what time are we at here? Well, I'm thinking. That, actually, I got a couple more questions for you. Sorry, before we get into that, and we will though. Um, not only do you have what I consider anyway to be really good technical ability which is clearly practiced and not just God-given talent. Right. This shit is earned. <laughs> because even when you, you're you on a break for students or if there's like a cancellation, I'll hear you practicing in the other room and stuff. And I'm like, crap, that's really good. I need to practice piano more. Uh, <laughs> but on stage, you're really, really entertaining to watch. How did the, I guess, showmanship side of that start coming into it I mean maybe not just how but also when did you were you always really animated Would have been, yeah it was you know early on I, I was, it was just pretty pretty wild not reserved yeah. you know I always felt that's the way to to play right you know I uh, I found early on it helps me to play better it's like it's because it's an eye closing thing it's like I'm just trying to really immerse myself and my brain into the sound right so m- movement helps with that yeah well i i know yeah least for me that i feel the same way the more uh, like and 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 a, a sound comes out of a a gesture yeah you know? yeah it does so i never really i and that's where the technique thing kind of crosses over because it, it's actually poor technique, right. right? Like good technique is is when there's very there's no effort and there's mm-hmm. no you know flashy flashiness, right? You know that's how you achieve yeah no precision yeah precision and you know being able to maintain that precision over long periods of time like when these guys are playing, you know. A piano concerto an hour and a half later they're doing the you know in the finale is when the, there's like a run and and at that point they still have all of the necessary sort of things whereas when i'm playing you know i i have often felt my arms giving out right. you know because i'm flailing them around you know yeah but early on that was encouraged you right. know people liked to see that so there's that feedback sure i never really understood i could to me it always just seemed natural yeah. and over time whenever i would you know and more to this day you know when i when i see you when you look at any of you know somebody that's really good that's performing they're immersing themselves they're they're closing their eyes and they're not caring about what they look like yeah, they're just trying to produce a sound using their body, you know, yeah. and their body 
is is helping to you know to make that sound I'm thinking about just clips that I've seen recently of like I don't know Louis Armstrong singing or like, yeah you know it's like he's doing that whole thing where you know where the Everybody else is, is imi- you know, is, is like you try to put on a show, but they're not putting on a show. And it's the same with me. It's like I'm not, when I'm doing that, I'm not doing it to to look a certain way. Right. I'm doing it to sound a certain way. Right, right. So it's a, it is about producing the sound. And for me, yeah. jumping and like coming down is, that for me is a way of just making a really hard accent, you know? Like right. Bang! That's where I want to hit it, and, yeah, yeah. and I did. I developed this whole style of bouncing and coming down on the keys, and it was also a lot of fun. <laughs> and, it, and it is. It's yeah. a lot of fun. I think of it as like a like a kung fu sort of thing. You, know? <laughs> like you, you attack it and you kick it and you jump and you know. Yeah. It's, uh, it is. It is fun. I. Uh, everybody has their zone of sort of comfort sure you know and for me the the stage is that place like i would never yeah. dance like that on a dance floor well, you know yeah, yeah. for sure for <laughs> but sure. on stage i would and again it's always encouraged i always felt like and i often do you know still feel like i, I look silly you know or i'm being silly again that's sometimes i feel that way but yeah uh from early on i learned to like let that go because other people yeah. seem to enjoy it for sure. Well, it's, it's kind of funny because I found that when I first started wanting to be able to count and play at the same time, I couldn't tap my foot and I couldn't just sit still. I actually had to headbang right. to keep time. Yep. Which eventually just turned into like really weird body movements and stuff. And a lot of the time, I don't even really notice that I've started. Like, I, 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 I clue in pretty quickly that I am in the middle of it but it's usually after I've been doing it for a little yeah. while I'm like oh man I'm moving around like a fucking maniac but same sort of thing you get feedback and people go wow it's really entertaining you really enjoy playing and you're like yeah I do yeah. you know it's just the groove yes, kind of grabs you and it moves you you know I, and music does you yeah know? it should if it's yeah, good if you're doing it right you should be moving I sat in on some jazz classes and you know schools and I could never oh, yeah. understood people sitting there not moving you know I can't not move um, when I am teaching my students I've noticed th- this you know that I mean whenever I play the first thing that happens is I'm I'm moving my head mm-hmm. and it really is like the conductor conductor's baton this is the downbeat and this is the upbeat. yeah yeah you know down my head is down up my head is up so if you get into that it's like down, up, down, up, yeah, downbeat, yeah. upbeat, downbeat, upbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One and two yeah. and three and four. That's 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 how I learned how to count with your head. Yeah, that that is legitimately how I learned how to. Count I can't do I it like with 13. my hands because my hands are on the keys. So this is yeah. you know, like you say, you know, you can't. I can't tap my foot while I'm standing. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. That's really cool. That was kind of maybe like the last piece before we give people a, a nice little treat. Get a little jam. So um, I think maybe we will pause the track and get set up for for the surprise, <laughs> and then I will reintroduce it when we are ready to go. Cool. Cool. All right, let's do it. And now for your listening pleasure.
Mr. Shy Cookie Pier. That is the nicest that that keyboard has ever sounded. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, this is the first time anybody's going to hear me play on this podcast, so I hope I don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> 